community of members, coaches, and professionals working as a team of like-minded individuals in constant pursuit. Connecting this exclusive group with the tools and resources they require to live a high-performance lifestyle, conquering what life has thrown at them. We are Living the Fit Life. Welcome to the Living the Fit Life podcast, season two. This is episode 36, launching into season two. Super excited. I'm your host, Chad Mueller, and I'm joined by Coach ADJ. What's up, Adam? How's it going, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Recovering from a big race this weekend, so my body's a little beat up and resting up, but it's not about me today. <laughs> no, no. You still look good. You still look good. You look fine. You don't look so damaged. Um, but yeah, we have an awesome guest today to kick off season two. Really excited to sit down and chat with one of the fittest teenagers out there, Emma Lawson. Hey, Emma, how's it, how's it going today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Thanks for joining. Um, the community has been super excited to hear about your journey. Obviously a local um, CrossFitter to KW, and so it's super excited having you sort of in the neighborhood. Um, and yeah, first off, congratulations on the on your games experience this year. Um, I guess it's been like just over like a month ago, I guess the games were. Um, how, how was, how, how did you find this year's games? I know we, this is probably like one of the first competitions you had, but how was it for you this year? Um, this year, the games, I thought it was just an amazing experience. Um, you know, just being back in that atmosphere, um, and having an in-person competition again, because I hadn't had one in like about two years. So it was really great to get back to that whole environment. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And so the last time you were at the games would have been two years ago and you would have been competing in the the 14 to 15 division. Yeah. Yeah, I was. And this year too, it was just so, um, I just felt like, um, like me as an athlete, I just felt so much more, um, like experienced and, um, yeah, going into this year's, I just felt super prepared. So definitely, um, a great time. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, you looked pretty poised uh, when I was watching some of the workouts. You looked pretty just like it was like in your element kind of thing, even though like, like you said, like you haven't been in, in, in an in-person competition, like how nervous were you sort of getting there day one, like, and getting like the first event going? Um, it was a mixture of like being super excited and um, super nervous because like definitely the competition floor is where I love to be, but not practicing um, being in that environment for so long was definitely super nerve wracking for me, especially with it being the biggest competition of the whole year for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I do remember before, so before the first event, I love running, so I was super excited for that event. Um, But the second event with the legless rope climbs and deadlifts, I wasn't sure how I would do in that workout, just knowing like with the semifinals and quarterfinals, um, there was a lot of legless rope climbs. Um, I definitely struggled with them, but I'd been working on them a lot. So I wasn't really sure how that workout was gonna go, but I do remember um, like just getting out on the field and um, waiting for them to start the workout. I had never felt that nervous before. I was like, I'm not even joking. I was shaking. <laughs> I just, I've never felt that before. So it's pretty crazy. <laughs> That's so cool to hear 
because you, like Chad said earlier, you all, you look so confident, calm, composed all the time. Mm-hmm. I think the nerves, like I think all athletes will say this, but because you had been there before and in the moment, that probably adds to the nervousness a little bit because you know what's in store. Of course. Um, so it's it's almost like a sense of preparation combined with nerves, and that makes you feel even more nervous, more excited, but. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Cause I, some, a couple of photographers, um, and even when they were doing the live stream for that event, um, they like showed me and I had several people say to me like, wow, you had like a really good game face there. And I was like, what you didn't know is I was shaking with nerves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing that, um, one, you can, you can have that feeling and still sort of try to find some sort of composure, right? Because like at the end of the mm-hmm. day, you're just waiting for time to pass and then all of a sudden it just happens. And you, like, I'm assuming after the first round in that event, you were, you know, you were just cruising, right? That was just your element. You were just fine. Yeah. It's always until the three, two, one, once mm-hmm. they say go, you're fine. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. And so you have one more year left in the teenage division, correct? I do. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Obviously, unless you, um, as, a, as you did this year, you were very close to stepping up into the next division, the, the elite division. So you mm-hmm. still have that opportunity, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, always like even just competing in the teenage division, um, <laughs> the competition is still amazing. So it's mm-hmm. not like, um you're missing out one way or another so yeah and so like i i have to ask ask uh, like one of the obvious questions like do you like do you still sort of feel that sort of celebrity factor uh with like when you're in the same room? i'm assuming you're in the same in getting closer to being in the same room as some of the elites i know that there was a picture i saw with you and sarah singer's daughter like oh, yeah. do you do you, are you starting to feel like this celebrity factor? Like, oh my God, like this person is, you know, I, I'm, I'm very close to be competing with these people. And now I'm in the same room with these people and I've been looking at, like, looking forward to meeting these people. Like, what does that feel like right now? Oh, um, I totally, like when I got to meet Sarah, I was, I was so starstruck. It wasn't even funny. I actually have a funny story about that when, um, so I really love Sarah. I really look up to her. I think she's an amazing athlete, um, but definitely an amazing person too. Um, so when when I was meeting her um, for the first time there, um, I guess she thought that I lived in the UK, so or something. So she said, "Whereabouts in the UK do you live?" And I looked at my dad like I completely forgot where I lived, and I was like. <laughs> um. <laughs> I was just so starstruck. It's so funny. But yeah, I think it's crazy that like even when I did the quarterfinals and semifinals, um, like even just seeing my name on the leaderboard with them, it's just I thought that was so crazy. I just never would have thought that I would be where I am today, especially at 16. Do you you have any sort of idea of why this year was was like that like like yourself and there was obviously 
Mal O'Brien and Emma Carey and even, even Olivia, like there was a lot of teenagers sort of pushing those, those elite levels. Like, what did you, th- do you have any idea like why you felt that was happening this year out of other years, maybe? Um, I don't know. I, I've definitely, I mean, um, over the years, the teenagers have definitely been just improving that much more every year. Um, I don't know. I, I think once you get into the 16, 17 age division and, um, that like idea is there that, you know, you can see yourself on the leaderboard with the elites because we have all the same workouts, like leading Mm. up to it. Um, and like the same weights, like in the open. So I'm not sure. I think it's just been over the years, the teenagers just evolving and getting better. And I guess just this year was the year that they started catching up to the elites. Yeah. I feel like you, you girls especially have been pushing each other for the past three or four years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously you always have each other in your mind when you're training and behind the scenes. So I feel like you're right. It it was kind of just, uh, waiting for the perfect timing yeah. To, and, and, and COVID with no real in-person competitions and mm-hmm. when the open hit and uh, man you were were you 15th in the world at the end of the open and mm-hmm. the other girls were right there with you like that was incredible yeah you know I think COVID really played a huge um, role into this as well I mean I'm not sure what the other girls like school schedules are like but for me like I had so much more time on my hands to focus on like everything with my training and I wasn't having to go to bed super late and getting up super early because I just had online school and I could do it whenever I I needed to throughout the day so that was super convenient for me in my training interesting very cool yeah yeah I love how you say that because that was that was my sort of conclusion to this whole thing. And we did talk about this with Josh, your coach on our podcast yeah. before too. Um, and, and that's what, yeah. Like I think the fact that COVID happened and the teenagers not saying that they're less busy than mm-hmm. sort of an adult, but like, if you look at Sarah, for an example, like she's got sponsorship deals, she's got a lot of things going on in her life plus training um, mm-hmm. versus a teenager might be able to prioritize their training a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's sort of magic in a bottle that there's a group of teenagers that have really kind of just struck at the same time, which is super awesome, right? Like this is could yeah. be like a once in a generational thing to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might be also that, right? Like you're playing off each other, off each other's sort of area too. Like you see Haley a few years ago make it and it's like okay then maybe we have a chance too and then it's like you see Mel or you're competing with Emma or Olivia like you mm-hmm. know like you kind of just carry the momentum as a group almost um even though you're not training yeah. with that person directly but it's super cool to see it was it's it, it was an amazing sort of time for CrossFit for sure yeah definitely um I, I did want to ask about sort of um we, we talked to Josh in a podcast a while. I forget which podcast was. Um, and I wanted to ask you sort of the idea, like, so there's a lot of CrossFit athletes that sort of decide to sort of coach themselves or pro mm-hmm. or create their own programming, or they sort of buy into sort of a, a training camp programming. Mm-hmm. Sort of what made you consider 
having a coach in this sort of area? Um, well, when I first started, um, I honestly didn't know a thing about like competing in CrossFit. Um, everything was really new to me. So, I mean, at the time that was all I knew, but I wouldn't change anything about it. I love having Josh, um, being super close to me too. Um, and like when I'm in the gym, he can like obviously help coach me too. And I love it, um, as well when he's like, there with me for like online competitions or other competitions as well. Um, so I think it's, and not only is Josh like my coach, but he's also like more than that to us. Like he's part of our friend and family group. Um, so I think it's great to have that really good relationship with my coach too, because he knows me not only as an athlete, but as a person as well, um, which makes, um, like our team just that much stronger. Totally. Mm-hmm. And, and you, so you were in competitive dance. And so obviously you had a coach then as well. Um, Cause I, I'm trying to like, I, I think that's one of the things that like we lose as we get older, like the idea of having a coach. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important for young kids i mean i think when you're younger you don't appreciate the coaches in your life as much and i think mm-hmm. unless like a sport like crossfit is really showing yeah that there is a lot of appreciation for coaches because it's very one-on-one like when you have a hockey coach or something that they they can be mentors and you remember them but then you sort of get out of those sports and all of a sudden you're just left to do your own thing and you kind of mm-hmm. forget that a coach was there and helping you and i think more adults would benefit from having coaches along the way so it's really cool to see how like you've had a coach for such a young age mm-hmm. and it's interesting too like it's you've had a coach and your coach was new and you were new to the sport mm-hmm. like how is it have you sort of enjoyed the idea of like growing with your coach like josh is growing at the same time you're growing into what his profession is and in, in your profession as well oh definitely yeah we're we're just like constantly learning from each other as well so that's awesome um that's yeah i think it's been amazing that's awesome. And when did, so when did you start CrossFit? At what age? Um, well, I, I started doing CrossFit kids when I was seven, just like, I think like once a week in the summers. Um, but that was it. And then I started training with Josh, um, the summer of 2018. And when you were uh, doing CrossFit kids, did you enjoy CrossFit? No, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I used to, um, I didn't like it because um, it was, I, I always thought it was too early in the morning and I never felt like being active at that time in the morning. <laughs> so um, yeah, I used to get dragged there. I used to pretend to like sleep in so that I, I'd be late and then we didn't have to go. Um, <laughs> but my, that would never happen. So my parents wouldn't let that happen, but, um, yeah, I, I didn't enjoy it as much. And then I got to an age where, um, I was allowed to start doing the adult classes. Um, and then that's when I started to really enjoy it. Just, um, it was more of a challenge. And, um, I just thought like in the CrossFit kids, it was like, it was a great class. Um, they did a great job with it, but, um, it was, I just felt like in the adult class, it was, um, yeah, just a better challenge. And 
Um, it was also new, so um, I was doing new skills and learning new things, so that was really cool too. Don't lie, you were just beating all the other kids. <laughs> no, it was. Uh, <laughs> and some of the adults needed a little competition. That's what well, <laughs> well, well, the. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I. Like, uh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was gonna say like so in LP. And I think a lot of the crossroads, right? We have a lot of members with with kids, and obviously, like a lot of uh, couples go to the gym, and kids, and especially now with COVID, right? Like when people are working at home, like my kids see me working out all the time. And so, were your was your parents sort of at, at the CrossFit gym? They got you in the CrossFit kids, and and did you see them doing CrossFit? And that was something that you sort of latched onto as you were sort of going through this journey of CrossFit kids. Yeah, definitely. Um, so my parents, they both did the CrossFit classes and that's, yeah, that's how I got into it. And, um, I think the more I'd watch them, the more I would like become more interested in what they were doing and wanting to learn the movements and wanting to, you know, just do more workouts and just stuff like that. Cool, cool. And are, are both your parents sort of um, sort of previous athletes? Do they have an athletic background as well? Um, yeah, they did. They did lots of sports growing up too. Cool. So, yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know Adam. Like we've, you've started sort of an LP sort of kids sort of class, um, which is still happening right now, right? During like we have it back up and running during COVID, sort of. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and like Emma said. I don't think uh, CrossFit Kids was her only sport she was involved in. And mm-hmm. um, that's like the same for us at LP. It's yeah, it's kind of just a cool supplement to other sports that the kids have, mm-hmm. but such an important one that oh, uh, can be helpful. Right, Emma? Oh, yeah. I think having the CrossFit Kids um, is, I think it's just an awesome opportunity for kids as well. Just to, I don't know, not only is it a fun time, but like you're you're always wanting to work hard because you know everyone else around you is too so i just think it's a great environment for um kids to be in as well mm-hmm. and so um you started at the age of seven didn't really like it and then when did you go to like an adult class did you say you were 12 um yeah i was about that okay yeah mm-hmm. and then okay so then around 12 that's when uh josh also started sort of getting involved or was it a little bit later yeah i i believe i was uh 13 when um, i started with josh so cool yeah yeah. awesome yeah because i think the moral of the story is like and i see this too like the age of seven you know your kids don't have to love it to do it for a for a long time i mean Mm -hmm. and it's it's actually probably surprising if they do love it (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. i mean like it's it's probably okay if they don't love it or they don't like it and it becomes mm-hmm. sort of a chore. Like, did you, do you remember feeling like there was a time when it just shifted? Like, and it just became like, okay, I'm going to do the adult class and this is kind of cool. And now I want to do this all the time. Like, yeah, there- I, think, I think it was more when I started doing the adult classes and like I said, getting more exposure to more movements and stuff and more skills. And I found myself like, picking up on things easier um just like doing more stuff i i was 
able to like move well and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did the open one year um, when I was not old enough to do it. Um, and so that year, I just, I, I just felt like I, like the, how quickly my skills and conditioning and stuff was developing. That's kind of when it hit me like, oh, like I, I really like this and I could maybe see myself going somewhere with this. So cool. Yeah, that's cool. And so, and, and I wanted to ask you, how do you sort of now with the, obviously the past few years, like how do you manage sort of being a teenager with this sort of lifestyle? So like, obviously you have high school friends, family, and then obviously you have a lot of goals and CrossFit. How do you balance this whole thing as Um, a teenager? It's definitely very challenging. Um, You know, trying to find time to, um, like, especially when school's happening, um, I'm busy with school, I'm busy with training. um, And of course, like, I like to have a life as well outside of the gym. That's really important to me. Um, So, I mean, doing this sport um, and being super competitive with it, you obviously have to make a lot of sacrifices um, that I'm definitely willing to make. But, you know, sometimes as well, like um, I'll, I'll have to re I will from time to time, like, depending on when in the season it is, like, I I definitely do make time to do other things as well. So like, whether that be like going out with my friends or, you know, maybe just staying up a little later or something like that. um, I definitely do like to make time for all that. But yeah, it's definitely about managing my time. Um, So I've definitely had to make sure that I'm doing a good job at that. I would, uh, when I was in school, I would try to, um, like on my lunch breaks and stuff, I'd go to the library and get as much of my school or homework done as I could so that I'd have a little bit more time after school. Um, so yeah. That's what we thought. We thought, you know, for a young girl to be so successful at what she does, she must be very regimented and organized Mm -hmm. and follow a a pretty strict routine. Did Mm -hmm. you? Especially, like you said, certain times of the year when, you know, you're leading up to the open and you're in the quarters and semis and leading up to the games. Mm-hmm. What uh, what does your daily schedule looks like? Do you, do you go to bed early? Do you get up early? What, um, uh, yeah. So with um, when I was in school, um, every morning I usually have like a, a morning conditioning thing. So... I'd have to get up at like 4.50 or 5 and uh, do my conditioning thing before school. And then I'd go to school um, and then come home and I'd go straight. I'd maybe do a little bit more homework and then go straight to the gym and then come home, finish whatever homework I needed and then go to bed. Before I wouldn't get to bed that early, I'd honestly probably get to bed around like between 10 30 and 11 um and then be waking up early again so that wasn't i definitely found myself um burning out a lot easier when i was in school so definitely with this COVID time it's made me realize like i was never open to 
potential homeschool before. Um, but I mean, not that I have to go fully um, like homeschooled or online, but I think moving forward, if I had the opportunity to take some courses online, just to give me that extra bit of time of maybe not having to wake up as early or, um, you know, it just saves on like the time of traveling to school and getting ready for school and packing all my stuff. Um, so that would be really convenient as well. Yeah, it, it, that makes so much sense. Um, mm -hmm. There's only so many hours in the day and to fit in everything um, and still get your sleep and recovery, which is obviously super important to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of another little sacrifice you would have to make. Um, another, you know, interesting question for, you know, a 16 year old boy or girl, the mental toughness you have as an athlete, mm -hmm. um, your ability to, you know, rise to the occasion on the competition floor. What do you think has been your key to success to developing that over the years? Anything in particular? Um, I think for me, it's really just been like keeping my goal in mind. I can certainly say um, like I would get, I, as for everyone, I think like when you see on social media too, you're like, wow, like they just did that super hard workout and they look fine after it or something like that. And, you know, it's always like behind closed doors, like it, in competition, like you really try to stay composed and everything, but there are so many times in training where <laughs> I just like break down and cry. And, you know, those are the things that you don't really see, but keeping that goal in mind um, really helped me. I put, um, when I was um, like training to go to the games for the first time, I put um, like, I printed off the logo of the games and all the competitions I wanted to, and I put it on the whiteboard in my garage. So anytime I was training and I started to feel like, oh, I can't do this anymore. I just look up at it and it just remind me, this is why I'm doing this. I want to, I want to get there one day. Um, that's my goal. So just having those little reminders and just keeping the end goal in mind is a huge motivator for me. Amazing. Seems so simple and you know how <laughs> tough it is. Uh -huh. but, uh, so important for young athletes and athletes of all ages to, mm -hmm. to have those reminders constantly. Mm -hmm. and, and, and for you, do you actively set new goals every year? I do. Yes. Yeah. Every year after the games, I sit down with Josh or at the end of the season, I sit down with Josh and we talk about um, what all my goals will be for the next coming year. Cool. And, and uh, what is, you were just mentioning the end goal, like what is the end goal for you? Um, well, it does vary every year, changes every year, but um, this year I think it'd be really cool if I could um, qualify as an elite individual. So that's the goal for this year. Incredible. Mm -hmm. awesome. <laughs> that's pretty cool that's pretty cool i'm sure um, it's already on the whiteboard <laughs> of course of course amazing amazing um and who like uh, like you're saying like with your routine and like what's it like for your sort of fr like your supporting cast right the community around you like oh yeah friends family 
Like, are they like, Emma, like stop training three hours a day. Let's just go do this. Like how, how is it having that sort of support system around you? And like, are they like, are they fairly, I, I'm going to assume that they're very supportive. Oh yeah. Is it ever a situation where it's like, okay, Emma, like really like, I think you're done today. Let's go do something else. No, I, all my family and my friends, they're all like super, super supportive. So I'm super lucky to have that. Um, my friends are always like, for the games, they were, even before it was happening, they were like, how can we watch? Tell us how we can watch. And, you know, they're all just super supportive that way. They're all athletes themselves too. So they're competitive as well. So obviously they know, um, they understand all the time and I need to dedicate to this. Um, so yeah, I, I couldn't ask for a better support system. So. Cool. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, you circle yourself with like athletic people. Of course. And, and people, yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And did you like, and did you always dream of becoming sort of a pro athlete? No, I never really. Um, it's funny when I danced, um, I, I enjoyed it, but I didn't love it. I just did it because I, I didn't know what else to do. It's funny. Um, people say I'm the most athletic, unathletic person. Like I can work out. But if you tell me to play like basketball or like football or any other sport, I like have no coordination to do it whatsoever. So I don't know why it works that way, but it's funny. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I never, I never saw myself like when I danced, I, I wasn't good at it by any means. So I never really saw myself going anywhere with it. And at the time I didn't know about CrossFit, so no, I would have never suspected this. <laughs> so how how has life changed for you then? Because like in the past year or so, you've kind of risen to this this idea of stardom. Like you're knocking on the elite's door and we know that the elite's sort of, there is a celebrity factor with that. And now you have sort of sponsorships and you're sort of, you're getting to that place. Like how, how does that, how does that feel? Like how awesome is that? But like, how has it changed for you? Like, do you realize it or you're still just like living it in the moment? I think I'm still just living in the moment. It's, it's a pretty surreal thought and it honestly hasn't really sunken into me um, or sunken in at all. As um, Yeah. I just, I, it all just doesn't seem real to me. I just think in my head like, Oh, I, I work out, I compete and yeah, there's just the factor of even like I'm still super starstruck by all of them. So to think that I'm soon going to be there is just like crazy to me. Yeah, you seem to just do such a great job of getting up, following the plan, getting the work done and kind of hitting hitting repeat every day, every season, going after those new goals. It's amazing. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. I, I did want to talk to you about sort of uh, the fitness side of things. So like how has, like, I, I guess one of the questions is, do you, um, does, does coach Josh do all the programming for you or do you also kind of get in there and kind of tinker around and, and, and figure out what you're going to be doing for the next little bit no um i honestly just go with the flow with whatever 
Josh tells me to do. Um, I completely trust him and I know that he's, he wants the best for me and he's super good at what he does. So yeah. Cool. And how's, how has sort of training changed for you? Like as you've gotten older and stronger, like during COVID, I know you posted some, some stuff on Instagram, some massive lifts. It sounded, <laughs> it seemed like you got really strong, mm-hmm. like all of a sudden, like how is sort of, have you noticed sort of a change in training at a certain age, like from the age of 12 to now 16? Um, definitely. Yeah. This like the elite, um, which is like the elite division, which is the end goal. It's like, like, obviously you dedicate a lot of time as a teenager, but you have to dedicate that much more time. Um, like when you're going for an elite. So it's been a lot more like volume, um, a lot more focused on like my nutrition and my sleep and recovery and, you know, all those things as well is super important when you're trying to be, um, you know, stay healthy and avoid injuries. Cause when you're training that much and doing that much volume, um, you know, you need to make sure you're focusing on those things as well. Yeah. What does a typical, I know right now you're still recovering from the games and maybe just thinking about when, when do you start your new plan and what's a typical day going to look like going into September? Um, so I start, so the first week of school actually, so that's after right after Labor Day weekend, that's when I'm going to start training again. Um, so yeah, typical day, I will again, wake up early before school, do my morning conditioning. Um, we're done school super early this year. I think we're done at like 1:45, which is awesome. great. So yeah, we only have two classes, um, which is a little different, but yeah, we're done super early. Um, and then, yeah, I will, I'll go to the gym again. Then after school, um, like I said before, I wasn't really focused focusing on like my recovery stuff, but I've definitely noticed a huge difference in my training and the way my body feels when I do. Um, so definitely I need to make time for that. And it's not like I need to spend like an hour on it. It's just, you know, a little bit every day I work with, um, primal mobility. So I'm given lots of routines there to help me with training as well. Yeah, that's amazing. It seems like you know, you maybe spend an hour in the morning on your conditioning and then you're spending a couple hours in the afternoon after school on your strength and gymnastics and all of the other work. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much, like talking about the mobility and recovery piece, how much time would you spend later in the evening on that each day or, or each week? Like now? Well, yeah, I, I mean, I guess maybe thinking more back to when your, your training was at a higher volume, but I guess your answer is probably right. Like it depends on the time of the year. Yeah. I would try to, um, about four times a week, I'd spend about like 30 to 40 minutes, um, each or yeah, four days, just like really working on that stuff. Cool. That makes, that makes so much sense. I think, young athletes, especially like you said, uh, before you don't know how good your body could feel or is supposed to feel before you really do dedicate the time to 
the mobility and recovery. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, it's crazy how much of an impact it has in a good way. But what's your, uh, go-to recovery tool? Ooh. Um, well, I, I actually really love using, um, the toe spacers. I don't know if you've seen it on my Instagram before, but I have seen it. Yes. Yeah. I just, um, it's crazy. I never like, I don't know. I never really thought about my feet or anything like that, but, um, I started using them and I've actually noticed a huge difference. Like with my feet, my feet used to get sore all the time. I think it was just from like, you know, wearing tight shoes and whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, if I actually, before when I would do like a ton of double unders, the first thing that would go, that would start to like slow me down and my feet would start cramping. Um, mm. So yeah, I've definitely been using those recovery products and yeah, I've, I've noticed a huge difference. I don't get that cramping in my feet anymore. Yeah. Very cool. I, I think not to get too into it, but the feet are a muscle as well, or, or many muscles. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see how that translates over to all of your lifting, you know, your balance, your strength, stability. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I can see it being an amazing tool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Adam, have, have you used them before? I haven't used the spacers in general, but definitely doing a lot more work on strengthening my feet and just creating that like strong base of support whether it's is that is, is that for the running like the increase of volume yeah like running? both sports i'm like emma too where like double unders box jumps burpees even like barbell cycling like oh, yeah. in it when you get deep into a workout sometimes that's like the worst part is your feet are are cramping up or like burning yeah all okay. the, the stabilizers are working so it's, mm -hmm. it's such an important component that you know i don't think any of us have thought about too much mm -hmm. yeah i'm curious to see the the sort of information coming out about that because i think it's still a fairly new tool and it would be curious to see if it's sort of one of those recovery tools for the general population or is it sort of for an, a, an elite level athlete trying to get that extra one percent better i've i've use like I, I put them on and it's I'm a, I'm a baby like I it's like 15 seconds 20 seconds I'm like it it does not feel good it yeah stretches my feet. yeah it's terrible yeah I think we we all end up with such flat feet and like yeah. weak arches over time that it, rightfully so it's like you know when you get braces or yeah. you wear a retainer like you they, your your body is shifted and just kind of adapted to what it's used to but really like we need to get our feet back to when we were kids running around outside in bare feet and the feet were strong and durable and mm -hmm. cool what is primal mobility do they do they give you like a, a a plan would it be similar if i compared it to like go wad or or rom wad what do they do uh, well i have like a one-on-one -on -one coach yeah. for that, which um, is great for me too. So I just, I let him know like if I'm having soreness anywhere and he will um, give me like program specific, not only just stretches, but um, like mobility stuff too, that'll strengthen, you know, the smaller muscles. They're also about preventing like injury, um, which was a 
a huge point um, as to why I I also join with them. Um, yeah, just all the routines, not only good for, like there is obviously stretching, but um, a lot of it is focused on just strengthening those little muscles and helping to overall avoid any injury. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Everyone yeah. thinks uh, mobility is just stretching, but it's <laughs> a lot of activation and targeting those muscle imbalances and smaller muscle groups. Of course. Yeah. So cool that, that they include that into their plans. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed working with them. I think it's really cool that at such a young age, like you've, you've put so much focus on recovery. I know that in the CrossFit world, recovery sort of has become sort of second nature for a lot of things, but I think like me and Adam probably would agree. Like we come from a different generation where recovery was sort of never thought of, or mm-hmm. at the very least an afterthought. Um, so I think it's very cool that you, like you're talking about recovery and the sport across the time of recovery. Like what's one thing, like if you're, if there's a bunch of young listeners, like what would you tell them to kind of get them to understand that recovery is an important sort of area of focus, just like training? Um, why well, I always think about it as, um, like, like I want to go, I want to be a CrossFit athlete for as long as I can. And so doing everything I can, all the little things, um, to help my body, like be able to recover and avoid any injury. Um, all of those things to focus on, they're just so important. If you want to, um, be going, if you want to be like an athlete for a while. So I think that's really important, especially being at a young age, um, just cause you don't want it to like injuries or sorenesses or anything. You don't want that to catch up to you when you're still in your prime. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. That's awesome. Um, I did want to ask a, another question about, uh, your training. Did you, maybe this hasn't happened yet, maybe in like a year or two years from now, we come back and talk to you, but did you notice, was there a time and place where you sort of noticed there was a increase in the volume of training? Like you kind of look back and like, it's like, holy shit, this past week I've done so much more training than I've ever done before. And it's like, what just happened? Like, did I just all of a sudden just double my training? Like, was there a point in time that you noticed this yet or? Yeah, definitely. Um, when I was training for semifinals, um, just this past year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. The volume was insane um so yeah it was a lot but obviously it it paid off so there's so so many components in crossfit and you know you have your emma talked about her aerobic base work that she gets up and does in the morning and then there's the strength work and the only lifting and the gymnastics and the met cons and mm-hmm. it's like there there is so much to do especially leading up to those key points in the season of course uh, her body it's you know coach josh would have had her kind of slowly ramping up ramping up for that mm-hmm. peak as she hit that time especially probably getting ready for the semis which mm-hmm. is an insane amount of volume in one weekend and then the games which is an insane amount of volume over a week so yeah it makes so much sense 
Yeah, and uh, I was I was also really trying to, or Josh and I were trying to work on too. Usually, I'd find myself like at the end of a a bigger competition. So in 2019 at the games, um, I'd usually start off really strong, and then slowly die off towards the end of the competition, and just be really really trying to hang on to my spot. Um, so I've definitely been trying to like leading up to that I was really trying to work on that so for one of the weeks like leading into semifinals um, usually I have like I train six days a week um, but Thursdays are like my active recovery days um, but one of the weeks I went like training super hard for five days straight so that was really just trying to you know practice that um, long weekend or long week lots of volume and just trying to it's mainly you know that mental toughness part so really training that part of things um so that definitely helped me a lot too because the semi-final workouts were very challenging so i'm glad that i i i definitely felt super prepared so yeah amazing always always a purpose it wasn't just like you know josh was adding that work just for the sake of doing more work it was of course. There's also a method to his madness. Absolutely. The man yeah. method. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And and obviously, we can't have you on a podcast without talking about nutrition. Um, I guess my first question is, like, before we get into sort of how your, how your nutrition is nowadays, like, growing up, like, what was nutrition like? as a family, like, did you, like, did you learn a lot from just being around your family and what they ate? Or do you feel like, um, this sport has made you eat the way you probably eat? I definitely think this sport, um, has definitely had a huge part, um, as to what I eat and stuff today. Um, because before, my family has always eaten very, very well, but I was the one kid in my family that <laughs> I had a huge sweet tooth. So <laughs> like every night after dinner, what's for dessert tonight? <laughs> my parents were like, you can't have dessert every night. Um, Cause I'd also eat dessert in the day. And I just, yeah, I was always into that stuff. Um, but after like starting, you know, training competitively in the sport, um, nobody ever forced me to eat well, or nobody forced me to, or told me not to eat certain foods. Um, it was all like my decision. Like I, I knew that, um, if I wanted to be good at the sport, I also needed to make sure that I had good nutrition. Um, so that was my decision there to start to focus on eating well, um, and a little bit more clean. So, yeah. What does a, what does sort of a day of eating look like for you? Um, well, I eat a lot of food. <laughs> um, I bet. Yeah. I work with Mike at like the M2 performance. So he's definitely helped me learn a lot. Um, but yeah, he's always telling me that I have a, a crazy fast metabolism because, well, right now I'm eating the same macros that I ate leading up to the games and I'm barely training, but I'm still at the same weight. So I'm not really sure how that that's 
happening, but um, I, I eat lots and lots of carbs um, and then obviously lots of protein and fat as well, but um, I'm about 3,600 calories a day. Um, oh. So yeah, and I, it's not always about, um, especially when you're training for um, like performance and um, with the volume that I would be, obviously not this month, um, but usually when I would be training, um, obviously you want to be eating good foods, but you can't, you can't eat super, super clean when you're hitting macros that are that high. Um, so yeah, it's just definitely about just getting in all the food that you can and whatever that may be. So as long as it fits the macros, it's good. <laughs> How many meals a day are you eating? Um, meals be like uh, three or four and then lots of snacky things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. As a, as a young athlete, like if you looked back on, you know, even a couple of years ago or back to when you were 10, 11, 12 years old, what would you say is like the most important thing for a young athlete to think about for nutrition, for nutrition? Oh, um, I think it's all about like eating enough. Like I think sometimes people are so consumed in the thought of, oh, like if I want to look lean, I can't eat this much. But for myself, like I'm eating more than I ever have, but I'm also feeling the most lean that I have ever been. So I think there, I think it's about like just educating yourself on, um, you know, proper nutrition and things like that. Um, and not restricting yourself when you're hungry. Yeah. Amazing. I think, you know, kids and I wouldn't, call you kid at all anymore <laughs> but you're just so active in general right and you're burning yeah. your body like you finding out right now you're just being active you're not even really training specifically right now mm-hmm. and your body's still consuming those 3600 calories a day plus or minus mm-hmm. like it's incredible to see when you give your body the fuel it needs what it will do with it like you said you're getting leaner or staying just as lean mm-hmm. when you're just you know staying active so it would be amazing to see what what happens as you go into your season yeah definitely so when did you start really focusing on like eating for performance like what like was it aligned with sort of when you got coach josh and you guys started uptaking training or did it come sort of a little bit after you know you were training a lot and you found your body just needed that nutrition um so I really started to dial in that nutrition when I did start training with Josh um okay we had briefly talked about it um just that I'm gonna have to be eating lots and um you know stuff like that but all right that's when I really started to focus on that good nutrition as well yeah I think it's so cool that like everything comes back to like your goal. Like you mentioned, like you did recovery because you knew that you in the sport to be successful and to be durable, you needed to do recovery. And now it's like you started training and right away you included nutrition because you knew that came as a, as a piece, right? Cause oftentimes we see the journey of like going to the gym and trying to be fit mm-hmm. and then trying to create a routine of fitness. And then the second thing is 
shortly after its nutrition, but it's, it's really hard to capture all three at the same time because it's like a lot of older people or people in general, they go all in, right? Like I need to go training seven days a week. I need to get super clean chicken, broccoli, rice meals every single day. And then I need to get a foam roller and a massage gun. And I need to, and all of a sudden three months later, they're so burnt out because they just went all in so fast. So it's really cool that you've, you've been so aware of it and you've tied it all to like your end goal, which I think is really, really uh, unique in such a young age. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's definitely just been, you know, a lot of learning over the years too. So I didn't, well, it's a lot of learning, a lot of short years at a young age. So good for you. <laughs> Well, that's incredible. I think we talk about goals and learning and going back to that as adults a lot. And we have to keep that growth mindset, Mm -hmm. Um, but to hear how important it is as a, as a kid too, the learning doesn't stop outside the classroom per se. It just keeps going. Right. Of course. Yeah. That's okay. If you want to excel at your sport and crush your big goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, this has been amazing. Emma. um, I guess maybe last question, like, what would you say to sort of a younger athlete sort of getting their toes wet with maybe a, a sport that they are really passionate about? Um, and they want to get to the next level at such a young age, like, what would you sort of tell them or, or any sort of tips of success or sort of anything like what should they sort of focus on or I know this is a tough question but Uh, curious what you would say to that well like I said before I I just go back to the just keeping the end goal in mind and um you know always like just just working hard and staying dedicated um and you know when you have that kind of um like mindset and stuff um you know you will you will see it all paying off. So you need to trust the process. Oh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Emma. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Congratulations again. I'm really thank looking you. forward to following your success and hopefully get you uh, at LP throwing down. Yeah. Pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again. Thanks, Emma. Awesome. Great to chat. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.